Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. Hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I am the co-host of College Prep Genius Podcast. And with me on the line is Jean Burke, and she is the founder and creator of College Prep Genius, and she's going to share with you a little bit about uh, common mistakes that freshmen make. And we're going to do actually two podcasts on this topic because there's so much information, and she's going to share six in this one and five in the subsequent one. And you can find these podcasts on iTunes, on Google Play, on any of your podcast apps on your phone, or on the website at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast, and this is podcast 44. Well, Jean, uh, tell us about your courses, which are now totally online, and I was loving it because I went in to uh, yell at my son on his phone, and he showed me his phone, and he was on his his college prep genius practice watching a video so how awesome is that um and so it is exciting that the kids can access their classes uh because he's still uh, studying to take the sat again and uh, has taken it several times and he keeps increasing his score so as of today um he is up 300 points overall and he's working on getting it higher so wow. I'm really happy about the course. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And, you know, it's not just having the course. Of course, it's doing it. And I, I think there's right. no instant success. And, you know, people, you can't shortcut the shortcuts. I think people want to do that. You know, well, what's, what's the easy way? I, I'm giving you the easy way, you know. Um, and I love this time of year because we are now starting to get back our uh, testimonials. Because the PSA, for those who took the junior PSAT, uh, the score mm-hmm. is just you know, came out a couple of days ago, and so we're getting um, back some amazing stories of kids scoring in the 99-plus percentile, so it's so exciting. But, you know, as your son took my class, which was so exciting, I, yes, I got to finally meet, meet you somewhere in Florida. One of my kids. <laughs> yeah, one of your kids. Right. And, um, you know, SAT, whether people like it or not, it is tied directly to the scholarship money. The higher your SAT score, the more money you're going to get because that's how a college gets their rankings. And what we do in my program, and there's two ways, you know, you can do my program, either the e-course, which is online, or you can attend one of our live classes that we hold all over the United States as well as other countries. Um, and you can find where we're at at collegeprepgenius.com. Or if you can't find a place, hey, call us. We will, you know, come and teach in your city. Just host a class. It's not hard to do. It's a matter of just getting some kids together and a place to teach. But we're going to take you through and show you why most kids bomb the SAT. You know, the questions are purposely misleading, and the wrong answers seem to be very appealing. And so you've got smart kids bombing it all the time um, because they don't understand that it's really just a logic test and that the questions are designed to trick the students. So we're going to take you through the recurring patterns and show you how to ace the test. Well, I have to tell you, it's really cute. I We came up to uh, Tampa, which is about an hour and a half away from where we live because of a bunch of different um, things, but scheduling and so forth. And um, I was listening to one of the kids taking the, the class, um, and she was a sixth grader who was doing it, and she was starting it. But it was really cute because she was like, yeah, and I just – had no idea what the answers were, but I just used the strategy that Mrs. Burke said, and she goes, and I got half of them right, and she was like, oh, wow. she goes, I couldn't even read half the words or whatever, but she, you know, listened to what you said and, you know, was making progress as a sixth grader, and I'm sure once she got into the course and started, you know, practicing it, that was really going to help, and my kids do that all the time. They they would go to the library and get the manuals and, and check them out and, um, you know, do the practice tests and those after they had listened. Um, and I think listening um, in person really helped uh, Mike a lot as well. He was really happy uh, with that. So um, 
That's great. And today we are going to talk about uh, common mistakes that freshmen make. So let's get started with those. Great. You know, it, it's true. Uh, I think uh, you know, teenagers, they're, they're excited, they're ready to go to college, they, you know, they've been accepted and, you know, they're venturing out and it's always good to be prepared. It's always good to know what's out there and, you know, running by knowledge is way better than running by the school's hard knocks. And so if you're prepared, you know, you can avoid a lot of these mistakes. You know, every, every student's freshman year is going to be different and, you know, there are several common mistakes that first time college students tend to make, you know, although not all will make every mistake, and you know, often often they start off um, left unchecked. Many could turn into some serious bad habits. Um, so, the best way to stop any bad habit from forming is to avoid it, obviously in the first place. So, I'm going to give you, you know, a list of uh, a few. We have a, several that we're going to cover this on this podcast, and several on another. Um, but hopefully, uh, students, teenagers, teenagers that are out there, parents that are listening, um, you know. You can avoid these your first year and even throughout, you know, your entire college experience. So mistake number one, um, here you are, you're at college. You're on your own, you know, you, uh, your mom and dad's out there, so now you can eat anything you want, you know, and you're not going to gain a pound. Well, you've heard of the freshman 15, and, you know, although it's true <laughs> that not every freshman is going to gain 15 pounds of fat during his first, first year, um, there really is a reason why people talk about the freshman 15. I think that students often find that, hey, I've got great liberation, you know, in the fact that now I can eat anything I want, anytime I want. And, of course, ultimately there's, you know, there's these consequences for it. So, you know, think about it. If in four years, uh, you know, at 4 o'clock in the morning, excuse me, 4 o'clock in the morning, a group of kids are all hanging out, late night drive-in, and you go, and you probably will go, and that's okay, that's cool. You're probably going to end up doing some crazy things um, with your friends and, you know, hey, a dollar taco can be really irresistible. Um, uh, and so, however, combining that four in the morning taco, you know, running into the fact that you skipped breakfast that morning and you had a hamburger at the cafeteria, a couple cookies in the afternoon, you know, then a snack, a pizza for dinner, some Pop-Tarts. You know, everybody's got Pop-Tarts. Oh, awesome. You're right? making me Absolutely. You're making me <laughs> sick. <laughs> you know, those Pop-Tarts, you know, that's for you what you use to study with, you know, early in the evening. Um, and then... Again, eventually you can see how these pounds are adding up. And, you know, and this is not, you know, this is all of us. You know, we all don't think about it. But I think when you're a brand-new environment and you think, oh, you know, just a couple Pop-Tarts here or late-night, you know, dollar this or dollar that, it's okay. Uh, But it does add up, and it does add up on the waistline. So it's something that you need to be very cognizant of. You know, if you've lived a pretty healthy life and most moms are out there preparing all these really great meals for their kids, you know, and probably – you know, minimizing the fast food and all that, it, it, is, it really is easy to, to get out there and kind of have a little bit of less restraint and uh, go out and do those things. So just be very cautious. Uh, college students, especially freshmen, are just notorious for eating unhealthy food. It's cheap, you know, it's fun, it's, it's readily available, it's in your dorm, your roommate probably brought a load full of it. Um, so I think sometimes it's partly due to the lack of no structure you know, after all, mom or dad, you know, isn't cooking dinner every night anymore. And, you know, probably due to the fact that unhealthy snacks are just there. They're accessible. They're cheap. Uh, but mindless snacking um, is kind of an endeavor that most students don't even really think about. And, you know, if the food's there, you know, you're probably going to eat it, especially when you get hungry. You don't want to leave your room if you're studying. So just be careful. Um, you know, the best way uh, to avoid the freshman 15 and this sort of mindless snacking is, just watch what you eat. Make sure you're adding in your exercising. Um, but if it does creep up, you know, I mean, you kind of let let it get out of hand. It does creep up, you know, some tips to kind of get it off, to take it off or to stop it. Uh, make sure that um, if you're having trouble knowing your own food habits, keep a journal. Write down everything that you're eating for a week. Then you can kind of get a habit of thinking, uh, seeing your habits of what time of the day you're eating it, what you're actually eating. Um, Buy the snack, check the labels, make sure you know what you're eating. I mean, honestly, bottom line is carbs. We all know carbs, wrong kind of carbs are what really add up. So just keep your minimum carb intake down because I think that can really help. And don't worry about counting calories. Just look at the carbs. And I think, you know, depending on your age and your weight and all that, 100 to 120 carbs is 
you know, really a pretty good uh, guideline to go by if you just want to sort of maintain your weight. Um, make sure you get up enough time to eat a good balanced meal for breakfast at the cafeteria. I think that uh, not eating and rushing is going to cause you to just to grab something in the vending machine, so be very, very careful. Certainly, this goes without saying, but while you are eating that lunch and dinner, certainly adding in, in those fruits and vegetables, uh, especially if you do know you're going to later go on out and, and grab a dollar taco. Uh, if you've got, if you've been eating pretty healthy most of the day, you know that's really not necessarily going to hurt you. And uh, I'm very notorious for this, but limit the soft drinks, or as we say here in Texas, cokes. <laughs> and when we say coke, <laughs> we we mean Dr. Pepper. So uh, you know, be careful. Not only not only in the soft drinks, but you know the coffee. You know, I'm amazed at how younger younger students are drinking coffee. I mean, my little mm-hmm. nep, my little great niece, who's like eight, wants a latte from Starbucks, and I'm like, what? You know, what are you doing even consuming coffee? So I think that that's really creeped into a lot of people's lifestyles. So again. Uh, it adds up money-wise, but it also all the extra stuff that you add into it can really um, add up to pounds. Uh, do plan ahead, too, you know, as you are eating several small meals throughout the day. Be cognizant. You know, avoid what you know is bad for you. I mean, we all know it. it it's common sense. It's it's not something that we're ignorant on. We, we know it's bad, so just be aware. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and do allow Very yourself good. some yummy food, some some cheap food, you know. Make sure you know when and how much you consume. I mean, you could reward yourself. You know, I remember my daughter saying that when she would have a big test, she would study, she would, you know, go through the whole process. And then when she had spent several hours studying, she would reward herself with something. And so you can do that. Leave it as a reward. And uh, definitely make sure you are exercising at least three times a week. So, um, again, things that you may already be doing now but really can – Slip away as you start getting really involved in the social events of college and all the studying. So, you know, it's like everything else. Just just be aware and make sure it's on your schedule. Um, Very good. Yeah, you know, and, and also too, I, I think at least the best thing about watching what you eat is um, forming healthy habits. Uh, it, it not only works now, but it, it forms those healthy habits for the future. So, getting right. the habit of doing it now. Is going to keep off any you know additional weight later on, and also right. avoid well, that clash. Might be tired. Yeah, that's it a, exactly right. <laughs> it's that it clash. The same thing, right? Yeah, it, the, the, those those sugar crashes that you get, and even those extreme diets that people tend to go on. So, uh, it's not about living on any kind of specific weight loss diet. It's really about making wise choices, you know, for a healthy lifestyle. So, I think okay. that's really important. What's number two? Myth number two, mistake number two, uh, not a myth, it's actually truth. Mistake number two is you can stay up all hours of the night and still make it to your 8 a.m. course. <laughs> oh, boy, does this happen a lot. You know, I, I can handle this. I'm young. I can do those uh, all-night parties and, and make it to my class on time. Well, you know, okay, so probably you did stay up all night and you were talking with your friends or playing video games and, you know, and maybe you still do make it to your early morning class the next day. But, however, you know, how awake really are you? You know, uh, how much are you really going to be able to learn in that class? So even if you did get there and thinking, oh, I did this, um, be careful. Even if you can handle that late-night schedule for the first couple weeks or part of the semester, um, sooner or later you're, you're going to start – that lack of sleep is going to start catching up with you. So what's going to happen is the quality of your work is going to slip. Um, you're going to have trouble staying focused. And, and, you know, and, and, and this happens to all of us, probably stop being a nice person. <laughs> you know, if you're tired, you know, you probably get grumpy. And nobody wants to be around a grumpy person. So, you know, take care of yourself. Sleep is so important. Uh, I think one of the ways to avoid these problems uh, by getting a healthy amount of sleep every night. I mean, so important. You know, establishing a, a good sleeping schedule, getting at least seven to eight hours of sleep. It, it's actually doable in college, believe it or not. Um, you know, you hear about people who, who get very little sleep, and, and things do suffer when you do that. So, you know, reserve staying up late for maybe the weekends or the nights that you don't have anything pressing early the next morning. I think in the long run, you're you're actually going to be happy that you did choose to do it that way, even though maybe every all your friends that you know are not. 
because if you're a night owl, you know, you're not going to be getting to bed early and it's going to be really difficult to start um, class. I think for those of you who think, yeah, I can do this, let, let me give you a really big hint. Start your classes at 10 and not 8, okay? Because if you already know you're going to be doing a little bit of partying, hanging out, having fun, you know, doing that sort of thing, um, then don't let your, your classes suffer for it. Don't, don't be dumb and take an 8 o'clock class. Make it later. So very, very important. And, you know, funny story, my son, uh, right before he graduated college, he said, you know, Mom, I'm going to do something crazy that I've never done before. I said, well, what is that? He said, I'm going to pull an all-nighter. I'm like, what? He said, you know, not one time during my, all, my whole entire career at college did I ever do an all-nighter. Um, and, and he didn't need to. He was already the number one student in his class. He was already class president. He was, you know, he, he was graduating with honors. Uh, yet he'd never been up all night and did one, though. So just for the fun of it, just for the heck of it, uh, I guess the week before graduation, he stayed up the whole night just for fun. And, you know, that's okay. I mean, he did all He put the four years of work in and allowed himself to do that. Um, but I think that all-nighters aren't necessarily necessary if you're doing it right, you know, for, for the most part. I mean, you might occasionally have to pull an all-nighter, um, but don't make, it, don't make it a habit of it because it, it can really weigh heavily on, on your health, especially not getting enough sleep. All right. Mistake number three. And, you know, our audience, police, uh, parents out there, students, uh, I know that um, probably many people don't do this. Some, some may. Uh, but I think it's really important to say because, you know, drinking, unfortunately, is a part of a lot of college experience. And whether it's you're going to a Christian college or not, it's there. The drinking, the partying throughout the week, you know, thinking that it won't affect your academic life. Now, one thing I want to say is if you're a freshman in college and you're drinking anyways, um, you're at your age, okay? I don't even think I have right. to go there. Uh, but if you're 18, then you're doing something wrong to begin with. I know it happens. happens all the time. Uh, but let's, let's make sure that's clear. But if you are of the mentality of if I can do this, and maybe not just drinking, maybe just partying, you know, going out to these social clubs and social events. And there's a lot of them going on at campus. And I don't necessarily mean that they're not um, innocent or anything. It could be just dances or whatever. But if you're thinking that you can do that and then all of a sudden it's not going to affect you, you know, think again. First off, as a freshman, uh, not only you're underage when it comes to drinking, uh, uh, if you do go to parties, there's probably going to be alcohol. And, and don't kid yourself. Even if you're going to – if you attend a Christian college, there are probably social groups that do include this into their parties. So just be aware of that. Don't go in blindly um, thinking that, number one, everybody is a believer or that everybody believes the way you believe uh, and, and that they do believe in a lot of heavy drinking. So just just know that. Uh, a really common mistake is, is when you when it comes to alcohol, I think a lot of times students think that, that they, they can be both uh, a good student during the day and a good drinker at night. And that's just simply not true. Students who spend the majority of their nights out partying during the week, um, they're going to suffer for it. And, again, and I, I include the fact that it may not just be drinking. It could be just being out so so late, uh, as we said before. There's just simply not enough time in a day to do both. Eventually, students uh, who party all the time are probably going to not only lower their moral standards uh, but falter in their grades and often lose valuable friendships. Uh, so right. just keep that in mind. I, I think people, I think a lot of times high schoolers are, are kind of breezing through school and they're barely cracking a book and they don't get the fact that when you get to college, uh, when you get out of a class, there's probably four, five, six hours of studying per class per day. And so, so often many times the social life in college really doesn't begin until after 11 o'clock at night because of your actual academics and what you're doing during the school day. So uh, know that you can't do both. You're, you're only one person. You've only got the same 24 hours everybody else has. So, um, uh, you know, you're not superhuman. I know I know that's going to burst over your bubbles there, but you're not, okay? <laughs> I know yeah. teenagers you often do think that, but no, right. no, you, you can't. Well, it, be we, nice are, we are going to jump in really quick and uh, take a commercial break, and I want to speak to the party thing, uh, something my daughter told me um when she was home that is really insightful but i'll share that on the other side of commercial we'll be right back 
With College Prep Genius, free college can happen to you. That's right. It's never too early to start thinking about test prep to secure your future. Imagine getting free tuition, room and board, free grad school, and more based on your SAT score. College Prep Genius is the key to free. This award-winning, nationally featured program teaches students the logic behind the SAT. You'll learn to answer every question in 30 seconds. Raise your score as much as 600 points and go to the college of your dreams for free. Visit College Prep Genius to know more. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Felice Gerwitz, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with Jean Burke, and these are common mistakes freshmen often make, and um, I, this has been really informative uh, for me, hopefully for you, too, and have your um, you know teens join in. I know uh, mine are going to listen to this as well. And so uh, if you want to find the podcast notes, uh, you can go to collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast and look for podcast 44. Well, Jean, uh, something I wanted to share with you, um, Anne has the opportunity next year to have another roommate because her roommate's graduating. And so one of the opportunities is to share a house. And one thing my daughter said is – you know, there's no way she's going to do that. And I said, really? I said, you know, why not? And she said, well, for one thing, we're on the second floor in our apartment, and there is a cop who lives downstairs. And second of all, we can't have more than, you know, three three to five people over, and her roommate's more of the social butterfly. Anne is more of the I'd rather stay home, and I and she doesn't like to go out to eat a lot, and uh, with, which I consider pretty – interesting, you know, uh, because she never really complained at home, but when it's your money, you know, she's not into doing that. And so, so anyway, she's, you know, got her little routine down and, and's always been a pretty independent person. But, but um, the reasoning was she was at this friend's house the day after, apparently they had a party or some bunch of kids came over and she goes, that place was trashed. There is no way I'm putting myself in that situation. So I thought, you know, that was pretty insightful um, because she likes the girl and it wasn't like they, you know, were really having any, you know, horrendous drinking party, but it was that um, they had stuff out. You know, they'd taken out lounge chairs, they had set up some games outside, there were board games, there were glasses and stuff. And so, you know, Anne knew when everybody leaves, who's going to be left cleaning it up and uh, coming from a big family, that's not one thing that they like is having to clean up everyone else's messes. And that's why we all pretty much pitch in when we get up from the table and things like that. So it's not left on one person. And so when she saw that, that was it. So if you have the opportunity to uh, stay in an apartment or rent a house or live on campus even, um, I probably would choose the on-campus for freshmen. Um, I know we would have done that if we had had the opportunity. So um, but, you know, it's worked out really, really well, and especially um, where she lives, there per capita are more policemen and um, law enforcement per capita than almost um, any other place. <laughs> it's a big retirement community, uh, kind of like where I live, and we have quite a few law enforcement. Uh, so uh, that was really reassuring to know, and I think there's three cops that live at that complex. So I was really happy to hear that as well. <laughs> So all good, all good. It's not very, it's not huge. It's, it's not very big. So that's good too. So um, Jean, we were on number four now. Uh, no, that, and that's good. That's a good advice. Uh, you know, I right. think that a lot of people, uh, young people, go to college, and keep in mind, you can't go to college on your parents' space. You know, you have to have your own testimonial, mm-hmm. and you know, not and and. Just go in knowing with your eyes wide open that not everyone there um, is a believer or may believe the right. same way you believe. You've got to you've got to know that. I don't care if it's a Christian campus or not. Uh, you know, I remember my son as a freshman, uh, he was in his dorm room and he he was couldn't believe what was going on in the room next to him, and it was very inappropriate. And um, right. but he knew, you know, he knew that not everybody there was a believer and even though it was a Christian college. And so I think you just need to know that, be aware of that. 
you know, pray that you get with like-minded friends because uh, they're there, no matter whether right. you go to a secular college or not, no matter what college you go to, so it's there. And I think that makes a huge difference. Uh, you don't have to, for lack of a better word, lose your faith in college. You know, I, I keep right. hearing that sort of um, mentality, you know, as a speaker and people, you know, because I do talk about college prep and, and, and going to college for free and that sort of thing, and people all the time ask me, well, weren't you worried that your kids were going to walk away from their faith? And, you know, my my thought was, you know, it, it's, it's a heart issue. I mean, right. if my right. kids um, are going to get into trouble at college, they're going to get in trouble at junior college, or they're going to get in trouble at a part-time job, it, that's not right. what I'm worried about. I'm, I'm worried of, about their heart, and, and that's how you know. And so um, you don't have to fear as a parent because, uh, you know, I, by God's grace, I, you know, I'm living proof of, of two kids not only going through college, going through uh, grad school, going to law school, and coming out, for lack of a better word, unscathed by the world. I mean, no, they're not perfect, and they're flawed human beings like everybody else, but you know what? They had their testimonial, and so I think that they have to have that solid foundation before they go, no matter where they go. You know, our world says 18-year-olds are adults. Well, I, I, I beg to differ. Right. <laughs> I don't think an 18-year-old is an adult. <laughs> Um, but that's what society says, um, and um, so, you know, they need that foundation, you know, um, before they turn 18 um, to uh, be able to withstand their own and hold hold up on their own, so so no matter where you go. Uh, okay, so mistake number four, and, and again, this kind of ties back into the drinking, and you got to realize, too, I know that people vary on their uh, belief about drinking, if it's something that's social or, or whatever, so, so if you don't even drink at all, then does that have to apply to you? But it, this also doesn't have to do with alcohol as well. It, it could just be a re, you're just a regular drink, and that is letting anyone else get a drink for you. You know, we've seen the news. We've seen uh, the tragedies of young girls, and, and these girls may not even be drinking alcohol. They're at a party. They've got a, a Coke or a Sprite or something, and someone does slip some, something into their drink. Um, you know, when it comes to partying or having a social event, you know, feeling protected by their newfound friends, uh, you know, if you're at some kind of party, you never assume you're safe. Never. And, and I'm not trying to create a bunch of fear-mongering out there at all. It is always better to err on the side of caution. You know, never accept a drink from a stranger or even a new acquaintance, for that matter. I mean, you really don't know these people. Um, and I, I think if you don't know everyone at a party, or at least you don't know everyone very well, you know, know what might happen when you're not looking sad this mm -hmm. happens all the time i'm so sickened by what i hear but it happens and so being you know um equipped knowing this is going to make a difference and in you know i'm not trying to seem paranoia at all uh, you know some kind of paranoid assuming that your new friends are going to harm you that's not it at all just best to guard yourself take precautions uh keep yourself safe you know, certainly I'm talking mainly to, you know, young ladies here, but certainly, uh, you know, things can happen to young men as well. Um, you know, some people are just wicked. I hate that. I, I'm sad that we live in a sinful world, but there are selfish people, people, stupid people, who just care, you know, only about themselves and no one else. So regardless of, you know, a person's intentions toward you, his or her mistakes can be devastating to you. Uh, so you're the only one who has your best interest at heart there at school. And so keep that in mind. You know, as an adult, it's your responsibility to, to make wise choices. Um, if you do plan on frequent college parties, it's best that you leave it to the weekends. And, you know, always take a friend that you know that you can trust. And, you know, one of the things that I saw interesting, I don't know if this has actually come onto the market or not, um, but it was a really cool invention that some actually some college kids uh, invented. I don't know if you heard this, Felice, or not, but I have. It was I know what you're going to say. With a nail polish. Right. Go ahead. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> for those parents out there and young ladies out there, um, and again, I don't know if it's if it's uh, come to fruition yet or not, but it it's actually nail polish that young young ladies can you know apply, and when when given a drink or getting a drink, you can actually stick your uh, fingernail into the drink, and if there is a foreign substance or some sort of drug in there, it will turn the, the, your nail a different color. And so, you know, you know, are we being fearful? No, I don't think so at all. I think in this day and age and the, the kind of society that a lot of the young people growing up in of, 
sort of this entitlement and kids growing out up without a lot of restraints, you really don't know the people that are around you, uh, even if it is a Christian college. I don't even care if it's a uh, a very rest- very strict Christian college. Again, mm-hmm. do not take you know do not um, take things for granted and just keep yourself right. safe. You know, it, it, it really could be devastating. And I really just want to encourage everybody to, again, we, we don't live in fear, but we can work, we can walk in wisdom. And uh, it's better. It's a, that's a better school to go to, let me tell you. So just, just it is. keep that and in I, mind. And I, always, I always tell my kids that, too, Jean, that I would rather be overprotective. And they've said things like, well, you would put us in a bubble. I said, absolutely, I would. I'm not going to, you know, it's. It's, uh, I'm not going to say, oh, no, I want you to experience the world because, you know, as my father always, you know, Italian parents, my father would say a couple of things that I thought were, you know, didn't make sense. But one of the things he said, do you see that front door? I don't trust you to go out. I just don't trust anybody to come in. You know, it was like one of his words of wisdom. <laughs> and his other was, his other was, I'd rather you cry than I cry. And so that was his mm. other, you know, and like food for thought. And um, I like, I like and that. I, and I, yeah, and I just, I love that, you know, you're, you're balanced here. And once they're gone, you know, we 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 can't put them back in the bubble. You know, they're going to have to have um, their own experiences. But there is a lot of pressure out there, and um, whether it is external from kids on campus or uh, or in, internal from kids on campus or external when they go out on, you know, to wherever they're going. And so, you know, your kids are the only ones who can be very wise and, and make those decisions. And I think sometimes, um, you know, like I was, I, when I grew up, I might as well have been homeschooled. I wasn't, but my parents were overly protective, you know, what we consider now you know, no going out, no going to football games, no doing anything with friends. If your friends want to see you, they have to come to our house and all of that. So when I was going to college, my friends did intervention, and they came to talk to me because they were afraid I was going to do every one of these things on your list, (laughs) You know, I was going to go into this wild child the minute I was away from my parents. And so, and and for some reason, they allowed me to live on campus. To this day, I still don't understand why they did that because it was a, I was about 30, 40 minutes away. It wasn't even that far. And that it was an expensive school. So, you know, why they allowed me to do that, I don't know, but I did. And so it wasn't me that had, that dropped out the first semester with not enough grades um, to be able to continue who did some of the things on your list. It was my roommate who also lived in my same town, was a good friend of mine in high school, and she did everything that they were afraid I was going to do. And my concern was my parents basically said, you have to have good grades or you're coming home. And I think a lot of times today that parents don't say that. Their kids may be slunking out or you hear of kids, you know, and I don't think any of our listeners are probably those parents, but um you know, that, that their kids are in there for their fifth and sixth year. Really? I wouldn't be paying for that. Would you, Jean? You know, no, um, not at all. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I, I think that you can talk to your child and, you know, reason with them well enough to um, be able to, you know, make those wise decisions and not uh, be having to deal with any of these things. But I'm looking forward to, you know, what – and my friend did buy her daughter that nail polish, you know, and um, Annie doesn't have it because Annie doesn't wear nail polish because um, she plays sports. And she's either – I think for for me that's really good because the girls are all pretty close, uh, most of them anyway, and they're always training. Even when they're they're not playing or practicing, um, their coach has a whole training schedule for them, so they're supposed to be in the gym. And she's exhausted. She wouldn't even get back to her apartment till seven or eight o'clock at night. And she goes, you know, one night she she sent the boys a picture of her dinner, which was salad. I can't ever remember her eating a salad. She was too tired to make anything for dinner, you know, or heat anything up. So she she texted them and she said, good enough. So, of course, they had to show me that so I could flip out. And I didn't say anything that night, but I did talk to her later on and say, you know, 
were you hungry the next morning? And she goes, yeah, mm-hmm. but I was too tired. She was exhausted after all their training. So, so that's a good thing. Okay, number five. All right, mistake number five, and, and I think this is could apply a little bit more to your introverts uh, as opposed to the extroverts, but I think it could apply to just about anybody, and that really is uh, going into college as a freshman, and um, and you don't know anyone, so you really don't make any friends. You know, when I um, talked about college essentials um, on a Fox show I did, I, since I'm a Fox News contributor, I get to do a lot of really fun TV and radio sometimes, and you know, I, before I did the show, I asked my son, I said, you know what, give me a word of wisdom for an incoming freshman. And, you know, he said, and, and my son is an introvert. I mean, he's the kind of guy, he's the guy that sent me that article that said caring for your introvert, you know. He said, you know, Mom, when you, <laughs> when, when you speak to a crowd, it energizes you. He goes, when I speak, uh, it drains me and I have to take a nap for four hours. And so he, he's coming from that mentality. And he said, you know what? Mm-hmm. Um, take some risk. He said, uh, you know, be willing to do a slack line or go out and throw a frisbee. And, of course, my first question was, what, what's a slack line? Uh, but he said, just, just go out and do it. He goes, you've got to get out of yourself. I think students um, who come to campus don't realize that almost everybody there, don't, they don't know anybody either. You're kind of all right. in the same boat. Very few people go to college with their best friends. Yes, it does happen, um, but most. Oops. Sorry. Shut that off. Okay, you can edit that part. Sorry. Okay. Um, you know, very few people go to college with with their best friend, and so everybody there is, you know, in, you know, looking for someone to make a connection with, and so. I think thinking that you're not going to make any, you don't know anybody, so you're not going to make any friends. First two weeks of dorm life is so important. Do not stay in that room. Get out of that room. There's so many activities going on, and you can meet some of your best friends just by going out and hanging out in the commons or going to the bonfires or whatever's going on. Just just go do it. And this is why I think that... um, Students who live off campus uh, make a huge mistake the first year of college. Now, you know, it's often later on get a suite or an apartment, but first year really should be spent uh, in a dorm. Um, you know, you might end up going to school where you really don't know anyone. It really is scary. I, I, I understand that. Uh, it's, it's a real possibility. But just because none of your high school friends are there, your buddies are there, or came to college with you, doesn't mean you're doomed to become friendless or have a friendless existence. Uh, <laughs> making friends does take time. It does take effort. Uh, I think you're going to be starting from scratch like everybody else. You've you, you got to know. Uh, you don't have to know a whole lot of people, just a, few, a handful of people. But you'll probably get a lot of friends. And I think everyone else, um, the great news is everyone else will too. And so don't let yourself be shy, even if you are that introvert, even if that is uh, your personality. Uh, you don't have to be the life of the party by any means, but don't don't settle for staying a long staying you know a longer because you don't know anyone. Not staying out and becoming a I'm sorry, not staying a loner because you don't know anyone. I think realizing that your next best friends is probably they're probably out there, and you you may not have met them yet. So you know for help making friends, uh, you know just think about how you met your other friends. It, you know. It, you know, was it in a finding that you had something in common? Was it meeting at a, um, you know, a certain place? And you know, you like table tennis, and they like table tennis, and it's just sitting there in the in the commons, and you know, you just start finding somebody to play with. I mean, you you never know. One one of my son's best friends, her name is um, well, they call her Mad Dog because her last name is Maddox. Um, she's so fun. Um, she, her name is Amy, and uh, she was one year older than Josh. And Josh, when he was I don't know, the first couple of weeks of campus, he was walking around, and she says, because Josh is taking a car there, and there was some, some off-campus um, thing going on, and she says, hey, you, give me a ride to the thing. And then he said, okay, you know. And <laughs> she's, she's become one of his best friends, and they've done mud runs, runs together over the years, and um, she's, you know, gone to Russia as a missionary, and they kept in touch over the years and just really been fun. But you know what? They're out there, and they're also looking for friends. Just look around, and you'll realize that they're they're all just like you. 
you know, somebody's got to make the first move. And even if you don't necessarily shack up a conversation, get around a few people who are already talking. And you know what? They're probably going to include you in um, because they're looking for friends too. So, you know, don't stay a loner. It, it, it's not a fun time. And don't stay in your room the first couple of weeks. Get out and be doing stuff. They do have, like you said, there's a lot going on. They do have activities, even when the kids um, were, both of my two um, did some of the dual enrolled classes. They did have um, stuff that they, they brought home. And one of their classes, they had an introduction class. My daughter had to do it again at this other college. And she kind of rolled her eyes at having to do it again. But it's good because um, it's, they have assignments, like you have to go. It's like how to do college. And I think they have found now that a lot of kids um, will get a better start and will complete their year well if they if they can do college, you know. And and it's like, you know, where to find your information and don't wait till the last minute to go to the library. And, you know, they're having a, a ice cream social. Go take a picture of yourself, and, and that's part of, you know, you have to upload that onto the – the um the teachers you know whatever your portal is for your assignments because uh, now just about every teacher expects you to you know hand everything in and it does give you comfort because my thing was always well how do you know if they got it and uh you know there's all this digital um confirmation and everything um so you know, there are things like that. So you can, if you have that opportunity to take a freshman intro class, you know, I called it the how to do college class, uh, do that because that's important too. And you know, I probably would would say my daughter's more of an introvert too because her friend, you know, her roommate really tried hard to include her into things. And she finally had to say, no, I, I'm good, you know. Um, so, you know, I did get worried when she did text me and say, hey, mom, when you, the next time you send stuff, because, of course, I sent her stuff, um, and she said, uh, and I love those, you know, you can fit as much as you can into a box that's <laughs> the same price mm-hmm. yes. that they have now. But, uh, you know, and she said, could you send some movies? And I thought, I didn't have any time to watch movies in college. What are you doing, you know? <laughs> but, you know, she's, she's, you know, more of a gonna sit in and and i should be happy for that so and she's you know watch movies with some of her her friends so that's good okay. oh yeah yeah those kids you know they, they those kids in college and this is a, definitely to the parents they they live for those care packages and so you know uh send them i, I did that a lot the homemade cookies just the fun stuff i mean they uh, newspaper from home, I mean, they appreciate that kind of stuff. You know, and I will say this uh, to kind of sum up what we just talked about, about the uh, making friends. You know, they found that the biggest dropouts uh, tend to be those students who are disconnected, you know, those who maybe were transfer students or uh, maybe they they commuted and they didn't necessarily live um, on campus, uh, you know, not getting – those who didn't get engaged, uh, you know, with – their surroundings and what was going on. So, you know, you definitely want to be adventurous, you know. And some of the things, too, there, there's already so many organized groups. And even things like getting involved in the newspaper or the debate team or even for my kids who we did not do a lot of sports, they did, they really got involved in some of those intramural sports, and those are there. Right. So I, I think that's going to really, really help you. So very good. It does. All right. Okay. And then so the last talk- one, number, number six. Yeah. Number six, okay. Um, number six, I think – you know, and, and this can really apply to homeschoolers as well, certainly to those who are in public or private school. Um, and, and, and that is that you don't have to be the same person you were in high school. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, chances are, you, you know, uh, you knew your classmates in high school for a really long time, maybe since kindergarten, and even homeschoolers, you know, they've got their own group of friends from, from church or from co-op. Right. Um, but since you've grown up with most of your fellow students, you probably grow accustomed to being a certain type of person around them, uh, sometimes based on pressure, which is unfortunate, but that does happen. Um, so whether you were big men on campus, and, when, and again, that does happen to homeschoolers. You know, you, you could be a captain of the football team. You know, your kids are very involved in sports, and, and they were right. homeschooled. Uh, or, or even if they're still professors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Even if you're, or even if the flip side of that, even if you're a self-professed loner, you don't have to carry those titles with you 
into college. The great thing is you start off with a blank slate. You've got new people mm-hmm. and new experiences. And so sometimes, and, you know, I, I was went to public school, and I, you know, looking back on my life, I felt very, you know, I know my whole high school experience was very stifled because um, uh, my mom was basically a single mom with four daughters. We didn't have any money. You know, we were on welfare. And we didn't have, and we went to a very rich school. We just happened to be on the other side of the street, you know, where our our neighborhood was. And we went ended up going to this very rich school, public school, where everybody had money. And we didn't have the clothes, we didn't have the car, you know, we didn't have any of that. And I, you know, it was the pressure of, you know, not being able to fit in or being able to be involved in things because we didn't have money. And my mom wasn't in the PTA and in this over this booster club, and so. Um, I, I wasn't who I really was. I was very shy in school, and I'm actually an extrovert, and uh, I, I didn't get to do that. And, and you know, knowing what I know now, uh, if I could go back and apply to everything I did, you know, having, you know, taking that information and going to college, I could have just said, okay, I this, none of you will know me. I don't know these people. Uh, I can be who I am, you know, no matter what. And I think realizing that however you are in high school, if, if in high school – you have felt like you haven't been the person that you really want to be for, for whatever reason, um, you get to start fresh. Nobody, probably most people won't even know you. And so just that blank slate, it's, 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 it's a clean slate. Uh, and especially if you didn't like the person you were in high school, you know, you don't have to be that person. So now is the time to develop who you really are, who you want to be. Uh, and it, it just takes, it's a great time to take the opportunity uh, to grow and to change and and to be the person that you want to be. And, you know, in, in the summer before, you know, it's a time to seek, who am I? You know, what am I really like? What? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to hang around? And, and the good thing is you get to make the rules. You, you know, you're in charge of you. And you get to say, yeah, I'm going to be that gregarious, outgoing person that I really am. And and one of the beautiful things though that I like I loved about homeschool, um and I'm you know, obviously I'm I'm biased because my kids are homeschooled, but um <laughs> is that we do <laughs> is that we do teach our kids to be those independent thinkers. And so in, in a lot of cases this doesn't necessarily apply to maybe a lot of homeschoolers, but then I'm sure there are some that it does apply to. And um you know, you're you have the opportunity to come, for lack of a better word, come out of your shell. Even if you are already an outgoing person, you can now say, you know what, I think I'm going to go out for some things I didn't even think about in high school. I think I'm going to take some classes that I, I never even would have considered uh, because you, you have that sort of experimental time um, to branch out and maybe do some things that weren't or maybe didn't even have the uh, capability of doing in your home school or maybe your home school group. So um, right. keep in mind, you don't have to be that same person if you don't want to be. Now, you may like who you are and who you are in high school. That's okay, too. Uh, you know, continue being who you are. But well, we, can al- well, we can always improve. We can always improve. Always. And, you know, and if, you, if you're ministry-minded, that might be something that you want to do. If you can't, if there isn't a group that you want, you can start one. Um, I know for me, because as I shared with you earlier, I didn't have a lot of opportunity to join groups or to do a lot in high school. And um, I was, uh, I had an opportunity to do a lot of things, and I learned very quickly um, that if you volunteer to do something, you start getting volunteered to do a lot of things. And I mean, I ended up um, being in a in a sorority that uh, was a good thing for me. Uh, wasn't a big group of party animals, and uh, you know, when you think of the word Greek life, you think of the stuff you see on TV. And believe me. Um, that's not necessarily what's out there. Our actually, our sorority had the highest GPA, the highest um, ranking in different sports. Our girls were very athletic, except for me. Um, and I did get to be president. So when we did play intramurals, I made them play me because <laughs> so, otherwise mm-hmm. I, mean, I was so so bad, I wouldn't have gotten to play very much. And they're just like, "Do you think you can do this because you're president?" And I said, "Yes. If you want me to do all this other work, you have to let me play sometime." I wasn't as horrible as they thought I was, but um, you know, we played. I played basketball and uh, softball where I wouldn't have, you know, ever been able to play, and it was really fun. Uh, so 
you know, there there are opportunities to do volunteering and uh, to do um, even uh, directed studies. I know uh, my my children took advantage of that, um, especially my second oldest, when there wasn't an opportunity to have a specific class she wanted. Um, she had some history with a professor that really liked her her writing, and so she went up to to this professor and had a directed study um, that was created specifically for her. And the, and the professor said, well, do you want to write the syllabus? And she said, absolutely. You're asking a past homeschool child if they want to write <laughs> out what they should do for their work. This is her dream. And I was astounded. Uh, you know, she did live at home. Uh, she went to FGCU, which is really close uh, to where we live. Um, it's about 15, 20 minutes away. And and I did not give her the opportunity to live on campus because I we flipped it and I said if you live home the money I would have spent on a on a dorm I will spend on a car for you because she did not she mm. shared a car with her brother so that was very motivating for her and uh, and so because she she was a self starter you know being homeschooled and and all the independent studies mm. that my kids did at home that prepared her. So whatever that is, if there's something, I, I love this number six, Jean, I really do. I think we could do a whole podcast just on that. Whatever that, that thing is for you um, that you would like to, you know, improve upon, you know, be thinking about that because you've got some time, especially if you're listening to this in uh, in uh, January uh, when this will air. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a good thing. Yeah, so we are out of time unless you had something you wanted to close with, Jean. No, I good words of wisdom there. Uh, I think you know we all need a clean slate every day. His right. mercies are new every morning. Thank God, right? Um right. every day we wake up and it's like, okay, you know, I'm not a blow here and blow it there, but I I get a new day uh to uh start again. And I I think that's a mentality that we all should take uh whether we're going into college or whether a new job or just waking up the next day and so it's it's a good lesson for all of us very good very good well we are going to do the second part of um the mistakes how to avoid common mistakes freshmen make in uh, the next podcast so thanks so much Jean, and i uh, hope to hear from all of you soon thank you bye-bye thank you well thanks so much for listening to the college prep genius radio show You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information and we'll see you soon.